Hey fellas, welcome to Guys in Grief, sponsored by Emma's Footprints and First Candle. We started this podcast for fathers like us that have experienced pregnancy or infant loss. You see, when we went through these life-changing experiences, we struggled to find resources that were specifically for men in support of navigating this grieving process. We're not doctors. We're not psychiatrists. We're three friends. We're grieving fathers that have been through the unthinkable and want to help others by talking about the unique and often undiscussed perspective of men that have experienced child loss. We welcome you to join us on this journey. Share your stories, the challenges, laugh with us, maybe shed a tear or two, and help each other as we navigate honoring our children, grief, supporting our family, and trying to find better days ahead. Let's get into it. Well, hey, fellas, welcome to another episode of Guys in Grief. I'm Brad. I'm Brandon. And I'm not Brian. And not Brian. <laughs> not fellas. I, I'm Chris and, uh, you know, Brad and Brandon, thanks for, thanks for having us back. I'm uh, a the Sad Dads Club and we were on a previous episode. Looking forward to doing this with you guys again. Absolutely. Ooh, Dude, it's welcome. so good to see you, man. H- hang on. We got, we got a... Welcome to Chris, everybody. Oh, oh you're a <laughs> I mean, he doesn't do it for everybody. That's you, true. Guys, you guys have advanced since the we last really, episode. We really jazzed it up around these yeah. parts, man. Yeah. So you everybody... find a button. That's true. It's been there the whole fucking time. I just didn't realize to click it. You just um, didn't clap for us last time. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. It, it, there was, it was more of a, a, an emotional sentiment. Uh, so <laughs> listeners, uh, Brian has the night off. Uh, so actually this episode and episode 10, uh, we will be featuring special guests hosts with us. And we've got an incredible relationship with our guys over at the Sad Dads Club. Uh, if you're not familiar, one, go listen to the episode we did with them in season one. Check them out on Instagram and their their blog and their website, uh, Sad Dads Club. They are incredible and and frankly just become brothers to us in this mm-hmm. shitty grief world we're all a part of. So Chris, thanks again for doing this with us, man. No, thanks for thanks for having me and thanks for all you guys are doing. I mean, as you know, many many if not all of our members. Familiar with you guys, listen to you guys, and you know, really respect and look up to you guys and what you're doing. So, we appreciate what you guys are doing as well. I'm glad to continue the partnership. Let's do it, no problem. Let's do it. Thank you so much. Uh, how's everyone doing? How's everyone's week? Everyone's doing good, every, every, good, yeah, week? man. Yes, uh, I, I mean, I'll tell you, my First, wife was on vacation in Connecticut ooh. with the kids, so I essentially got the week off. Oh, you I, were I got, on vacation, I, I know, I yeah, you were vacation. totally on vacation. <laughs> I I, that means... I haven't had a week like that in years. I played golf till 9 p.m. four times last week. There you go. It was incredible. I know. Oh, my I know. gosh. Living know. a good uh, life. I'm, like, I'm going I got down. To golf. I'm like, I'm I you got to the golf, golf in Connecticut with Brian uh, this past weekend, actually, and some of our buddies. So life is good. And then I get to hammer some whiskeys and beers by a fire with you this coming weekend, man. I'm, I'm, I'll take that. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll take that. B. I love it. I can't wait. But I'm kind of pissed off. I played no golf. At all. <laughs> That's a you problem. Where did you it play? Is, and we're good? Uh, Mill River, Brian's country yeah, club, yeah, where he yeah, belongs. Yeah. So. Okay. so speaking of Brian, as most of you know, he typically does our G&G Q&A. But uh, with a little what pivot we here, we're going to pass it over to the sultry voice of Brandon Thurman to lead G&G Q&A. I tell you, I want to do like a smooth jazz song so bad, but I can't right now. <laughs> but overall, uh, our G&G Q&A today, 
guys, question upon this. All right. Pros and cons on going on social media after your loss. Oof. I'm going to pass this to Brad first. And I'm just curious, guys. Like, what? How have you dealt with that? What was, you know, were you, did you limit your, your, your searches? Did you stop following some friends? Did you stop following some groups? Like, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. I think I stopped following more people after like Black Lives Matter movement and people just Ooh. being fucking dumb, but um, okay. that's a whole other podcast. Um, you know, Chris, when you and I were talking about this, all three of us rather at the beginning, yeah. you said you're like, that's that topic's a landmine because it's such, uh -huh. it's so rich. Like the there's a ton of value in social media in our lives and ton in this grief world because frankly you know, it's a big part of our podcast is our Instagram and our Facebook. It's a big part of yours for sad mm -hmm. dads. It's how we yep. connected with you guys. I yep. feel like I'm embraced by a community of grief of people that have been in similar situations because of social media, right? So mm -hmm. like pat on the back, social media, you've done a huge part in helping me navigate my grief process. But there's also the ugly side mm -hmm. of social media as we all know just in any part of life like there's pros and cons of social media and in the grief world it is no different you know and, and in a lot of ways not necessarily people attacking you or saying stupid shit there's sometimes those things have happened um but i think more of like birth announcements and mm. seeing people's kids mm. and you know people who you know like a big trigger for us is some people that have gone through loss that have kids after loss and mm -hmm. we've tried to do that and have been, you know, unfortunately, incredibly unsuccessful. And that's a big trigger. And so it's, you see things on social media that can warm your heart and can break your heart. And that mm -hmm. can be within one swipe, right? You can yeah. get both of them at the same time. It's hard not to go on because it's just kind of a natural part of our world. And especially, you know, hosting a part of a, a social media a podcast that has a social media component you know we're massively contributing in this space but i i don't know there's there's a lot of pros and cons to this space to your point brandon chris your mm. thoughts that's fine. yeah no i mean i think you hit on a lot of the important you know aspects that we were talking about it's it's a minefield i mean i know for me back when facebook came out because you know i think we were all in college or so yep. about when it did um mm -hmm. You know, I was on it a lot. I, I still cringe when I get those memories from 15 years ago, like oh, right, what you posted. <laughs> um, but to that said, I kind of, I kind of weaned off social media in the years leading up to the loss of Isabel. Um, so when I came back to social media, I didn't kind of realize how big of a trigger it was going to be for me, right? So like, mm -hmm. I came back. Um, I didn't really deactivate the accounts, but you know, like I think like a lot of lost parents, I kind of just went and to my own world for at least a couple of weeks after the loss. Uh, and coming back, uh, we were at that age, right? Pregnancy mm -hmm. announcement, um, baby bump, um, new child. Like it, it was all over the place. And, and who's to blame them? We, um, Good point. Mm -hmm. we, we didn't announce um, on Facebook when, or, or Instagram when we were pregnant with Isabel. Um, and that's actually been something that's come up quite a bit. In, in sad dads, the the people who posted um, their pregnancy announcement and went on to have a loss, and then individuals um, and how they handled that, not only for subsequent pregnancies, but then how it 
how they thought about looking at other people doing it from there. Um, we did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you know, the thing is, too, the big thing for me is I find myself sitting there even to this day when I see it and they say baby so-and-so. And I don't know if I said this before, maybe in the last episode, this feels familiar, but um, coming in X month and X year. And mm-hmm. I, I just sit there saying, I, I, I hope so. Like, I, I really yeah. do. Um, yeah. I, I, I really hope that's right, because it's really challenging and, and it's a world I didn't have to navigate. Um, but a lot of people have now that's the con I'd say, cause there's a lot of triggers, right? Um, mm-hmm. my triggers was seeing fathers, mothers doing things with toddlers. That was my big trigger after loss. Cause mm-hmm. I always envisioned, um, playing sports with my daughter, um, taking my daughter to various events. So that was a big trigger for me. Um, but the positives, as you've mentioned, Brad, um, these communities, that you know, Sad Dads is trying to build, and you guys are building here. They don't exist without social media. Good so, in in some regards, I think social media is largely dependent on what stage of the journey you're at. Because I have we have we have a lot of members who say they they kind of tune out or unfollow or mute people in their day to day lives or who were in their day to day lives, but they do they do follow guys in grief. They do follow Sad Dads Club. And, you know, I think that's why these communities have become so tight knit, like yeah. these friendships that people have formed are real. Um, so we it's have evolving members... for people, right? Yeah. Like social media, like if they do it the, in a healthy way, maybe social media evolves in the way in which you use it and who you engage with and what you follow. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, speaking for myself, I think, um, I, I think at least what I'm watching going on at Sad Dads, that's what's happening. Right. Yeah, I mm-hmm. see people, you know, we have, you know, if you guys, we have a Discord channel now that fires 24-7. Uh, I wake yeah. up to messages and messages and messages. There's a Dungeon and Dragons game that goes on <laughs> with only Sad Dads members. They play every week. We get screen grabs of it. So, like, these friendships are not bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. they are meeting outside of, um, outside of the loss hours, outside of um, the new series that we launched, which is called My Child, My Story. So we're doing something every Thursday now where one individual gets to share their child's story and their story in long form, something that's very difficult to do in the, in the Lost Dad open hour setting. Um, and so for me, I've hit the point where social media has become a pro in this journey, but mm-hmm. I was not always there. And Good. I think... I think I've blabbered enough about it, but I think that's what I was trying to get out. Like it's, um, it started as a very difficult negative thing for me. And I think some of that might've been these, these communities didn't really exist for men back when we were all navigating our losses. And I'd be curious to know if my journey would have been any different if they had, um, I'd like to hope they, they would have. And I think, what everyone in these communities is doing is helping each other. And so hopefully it's more positive than it was when I was navigating it. Um, but there's no doubt it's a, it's a tricky place. Good point. Yeah. A great point. I, I, to piggyback both off of both of you guys, uh, I, I, same position. Um, at the beginning it was kind of negative and kind of mm-hmm. like, Oh, again, uh, so-and-so's having a baby. So-and-so's pregnant. So, 
you know, those were the things. But I think I took a little different aspect on it of where I defriended a lot of folks who didn't like, who are close friends. And I put air quotes for people that are not watching, <laughs> but those are air quotes, air quotes that are our friends that didn't reach out at all. Mm-hmm. And I just left them in the wind. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. There's no need to see what I'm doing. No need to, like, I just cut them off completely. And that was kind of like a relief for me of just saying, you know what? You release some baggage with this horrible situation. You find out who is really there for you, not just virtually, but also in person. So that was kind of like a a gift and a curse, I guess I can say, and a weird enough saying, I guess. But, but that was how I looked at it with social media. It was one of those things where I didn't really... I didn't really utilize it that much then, but I'd utilize it more now because of the podcast and reaching out to folks. And sure. Like you guys said, of building this community. Um, so that's where we are, yeah. where there's I am. A, so. There's a topic from the last episode with mm-hmm. uh, the, our friends episode that we, we even posted on our social media recently about immediacy versus longevity. Yeah. And I think social media kind of falls into that category too. Like the immediacy of social media afterwards and, you know, like you said, Chris, full of yeah. triggers. Uh-huh. Now, a year and a half, two years plus later, seeing somebody with a birth announcement, I do think the same thing, Chris. Like the natural skepticism of like, you know, praying for you. You know, hope, yeah. Yeah. hope that's, hope that's uh-huh. true. But it doesn't make me a puddle, like it may uh-huh. have a, uh-huh. a year or two ago. Um, so it does, I guess, maybe for you know to put a bow on this for our listeners, it. Mm-hmm. depending on where you're at in your journey, this may be, you may be a part, in the middle of that evolution. You might be at the beginning of that evolution. Maybe it does or doesn't get easier for you with time. I think we, we try to always kind of have a like, so think of it this way type of thing. And I don't know if mm-hmm. I got a good one, this topic, because the landmine that it is can yeah. literally any day, any moment, any swipe um, can set off a series of emotions that you're not prepared for. So I guess uh, maybe the, the advice is just proceed with caution. Right. I think we can have like a literally a hour and a half, two hour session on this topic alone. Literally. Yeah, right. Like, I feel like we're yeah. just scratching the surface yeah, on some of this. I think I, I don't I don't want to dive too deep because I don't want to like miss it, miss out on our, 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 uh, our guest, our, buddy Chris, our, our guest coming in. Other so Chris. Like, yeah. Other Chris. Other Chris yeah. So, of course, so yeah. Like, we we the first ever time we have a guest host, we end up having the guy with the same name as our guest. Uh, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Yeah. That was awesome. Brandon, thank you for taking the lead. And as we alluded to, we have another Chris joining us. And so Chris Ortiz, we welcome you into the studio. Welcome to Guys in Grief. How are you, man? Man, what a great Q&A. Oh, my goodness. I'm triggered left and right. I have so much to say (laughs) about that. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Brandon, two hours is is about what this conversation needs. Wow. Um, (laughs) It could be its own podcast altogether. Exactly. we literally were talking about that before you joined, Chris. We're like, ooh, we, we could one day pivot to make this its own thing. And, and I think we're going to have to. You have yeah. to. You have to. There's an appetite for this. Um, for the listeners to know, I joined super late because I, I couldn't update my Chrome. Um, I actually didn't have a social media until my loss. Interesting. So, yeah, okay. it really, really is. So um, just to get into my story a little bit, um, my, name is, my name is Chris. I'm uh, Valentina's dad. Valentina was born still on December 8th, 2021. Um, I actually just came out of a grief group before this 
to get myself in the right state of mind to tell the story because um, between Father's Day and my birthday, which is in October, there's like this little void where I just get to push everything down and forget, yeah. you know, and this is, this is that window right now. Good for you for finding centers of balance though, man. You know, exactly. yeah, like you said, man, um, navigating this grief is unprecedented. Um, there's no, there's no playbook for this. So, um, you know, it took me almost a year to even get on, on a group, <clears throat> on a grief right. group, on, on anything, you know, uh, I just, I buried myself, like you said, um, Brad, in, in puddles of, of, of tears. I didn't shower for weeks. I didn't brush my teeth for days. You know, I was really, really just stunned. <clears throat> so, um, and I'll get into that in a second. Um, mm -hmm. So, we had a textbook pregnancy, 37 weeks. Every now and then the amniotic fluid was low. Crystal would drink, my partner Crystal would drink more water that would come up and no problem. So for sure. 37 weeks, we had a textbook pregnancy. And to take a page out of Brandon's book, I use air quotes for the listeners. <laughs> um, we show up on Thursday, December 2nd for our very last ultrasound. There's a heartbeat. Doctor says, um, most likely uh, your daughter will be born over the weekend. So we're like, we go back home, we're just sitting, nesting, ready. Crystal goes into contractions. <clears throat> um, a few days later, we show up at the hospital and uh, there was no heartbeat. So with all that trauma, tr tragedy, um, just chaos that ensued in that moment when the doctor tells you there's no heartbeat and you've been waiting for 70, 37 weeks of expectations and hope. And I, I saw my little girl here. Like I, I just, I remember Thanksgiving because uh, her, her due date was October 28th. So, you know, since May, when we found out we were, we were expecting it's Christmas baby, Christmas baby, like the best yep. Christmas gift ever. Yeah. Right. And then you show up for delivery <clears throat> and uh, there's no heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So um, the doctor put down the cause of death as uh, strangulation by the umbilical cord, which Ooh. apparently is, is extremely popular. I'm, I'm, um, I'm a witness to it, my sir. Yeah. So Brandon had thing, the though, same experience. Yeah, same thing, though, mm -hmm. My daughter was born at 3.7 pounds. Mm. I, I just could not fucking buy it. I, I just was not buying it. And I sat there for hours trying to reconcile 37 weeks of gestation against 3.7 pounds. Uh -huh. And I don't know how long my daughter's been dead, right? She could have been dead for days. <clears throat> so I asked the doctor, I said, you know, I'm not, a, you know, like you guys said before uh, in Q&A, we're, we're not doctors, right? <clears throat> but please try to explain to me in layman's terms how she lost at least three pounds, right? Sure. Because uh, you're expecting her to be at least 6.7, maybe eight, maybe seven. If she was born at seven pounds, or she was born at six pounds, I don't question the doctor at all. Mm -hmm. Because she was born point. at 3.7 pounds, I could not get past it. So yeah. I kept peppering her, peppering her with questions. And she told me, she told me that uh, the baby had been deceased for a couple of days. And because of that, she wasn't getting any nutrition. Mm -hmm. And she basically lost half half her size. Mm -hmm. 
And I ran it by a few doctors and they were like, fucking bullshit. And that's, that's, I never heard that in my life. So, um, I went and I got an autopsy and, um, you know, fortunately I had a really good pathologist and I never spoke to a pathologist before in my life. I never called one. I never even knew what a pathologist was. I heard autopsies. I didn't know that a pathologist performs autopsies. So I found a pathologist through the grace of, of, you know, my family hitting the phones and everything. And, uh, we took Valentina to get an autopsy. Now, Crystal was against it from the beginning, right? Because Crystal did not want our daughter's body being desecrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but what, what they don't tell you in the hospital, and, uh, you know, the hospital, first of all, didn't offer any autopsies, and then they try to talk me out of it. What they don't tell you is that the autopsy is not a desecration of your child's body. <clears throat> it is a few micro tears in incisions in the tissue to get some microscopic slides. So that alone changed the entire dynamic of an autopsy, right? Because when you see your baby girl, perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't care, 3.7 pounds, whatever she was, she was sure. perfect. She was mine. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she just wasn't breathing. I can understand Crystal not wanting to desecrate that body, but sure. I just could not get past the 3.7 pounds. So we went and, uh, when the report came out and I stalked my pathologist, man, um, I showed up at her office unannounced. I would call her from different phone numbers because this was during COVID. So um, this this also happened in a U.S. territory, not here in the continental U.S. I've been in Puerto Rico. So she would have to send the slides out to Miami, which is the nearest lab, because all the labs in Puerto Rico were shut down. <clears throat> so it took it took about three or four months to get the cause of death. And when we finally got it, it uh, contradicted the doctor's cause of death. So then the next step was to send Crystal's medical records to a expert witness, which is basically just an expert OB, another another OB, uh, GYN OB. And he looked over all of Crystal's medical records. And between that and the autopsy, I got to the real cause of death, which was uh, IUGR. Um, intrauterine growth restriction, which is treatable. Mm-hmm. It is treatable. So the 47% that the CDC says uh, are preventable childbirths, um, I'm in that statistic. <clears throat> Unfortunately, though, because of the laws in this country, Valentina's death right now on record goes down as an act of God. It goes down as strangled by umbilical cord because nobody actually um, does their due diligence on what the doctor says. Whatever the doctor says goes down as record. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take me years to to get that changed <clears throat> so that it goes in, in the right bucket. And I want that bucket to go towards research and development. Um, Good for you. So what we did was... Um, my partner and I, we opened up a foundation. It's going to yeah. launch uh, next year in January. And it's called Valentina's Voice. And the function of uh, of this foundation is to pay for prenatal autopsies, for, for, for neonatal autopsies. So you have a stillbirth, um, you know, we will pay for the autopsy. Uh, all we ask is that when the report is furnished that you share with us so that we can fund it through institutions that do research and development here in the U.S. on stillbirths. 
so that we can take that 47% and really, really narrow it down. Uh, so what other countries have been able to do, um, it's, it's unfortunate that we are behind Romania in uh, 39 of the developed world countries in stillbirths. We're 38th out of 39th. Only Romania is behind us in stillbirths. So there, there are things that can be done uh, to uh, mitigate the risk of stillbirth here in this country. And it's just not being done. And uh, Brandon mentioned earlier <clears throat> about getting days off from work. Uh-huh. They gave me three days. I got three days off, man. I got three, three days. days off. They took wow. back my, this this state, New York State, um, took back my, uh, <clears throat> my, um, my, 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 my family, my family leave that was already approved. Right. And they took back my child tax credit, obviously. <clears throat> so, you know, how was I supposed to go back to work in three days? <laughs> After uh-huh. losing a child, you know, and nobody really understands what that's like. So um, I've been working with a few advocacy groups up here in New York. Uh-huh. We're putting a lot of pressure on Governor Hochul to try to pass uh, the Shine for Stillbirth Act. And that essentially gives... Uh, Mothers, especially 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 uh, child um, <clears throat> bearing uh, parents, the twelve weeks they need to recover from childbirth. Period. Mm-hmm. I, as a non as a non birthing parent, also want some time too. Sure, but at the very least, the woman, because childbirth is childbirth. I don't care how whether the baby's dead or alive. The result is, is yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Childbirth is childbirth, and it takes a tremendous toll on the body. So we're doing that, and we're working on um, balancing his voice, and that's kind of how I um, heal. That's how hey, I Chris, um, Yeah, you so gave us story... a lot to unpack there, man. Let's yeah, let's man. let's dissect some of these conversation points here, Chris. Thank go you, for guys. It. Yeah, no, Chris. I was going to say first, you know, thanks for sharing the um, <laughs> your story resonates uh, with me. Um, Isabel was thirty-seven weeks. She was born at five pounds. Amniotic fluid was at critical levels and it wasn't discovered until after she was born. Uh, one of my questions for you, uh, so you've explained a little bit about Malatino's voice and I think it's commendable that you guys are putting together a foundation. Uh, how did that conversation start with you and your wife that you decided that you wanted to, to get more involved? Um, was it immediate? Did it take a little bit of a I, I just explain a little bit the process about how you decided to take that next step into advocacy? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, Crystal and I, we almost broke up. I mean, we, no, not only we did break up. <laughs> we broke <laughs> up about 10 times mm-hmm. since this happened. And that, and now, now we're together to stay forever, you know, but it was a tumultuous period yeah. post boredom. <clears throat> um, and it wasn't one thing that came to this idea that we were going to do this. Um, I went to a rally in DC for stillbirths back in October. And um, I was asked to speak at this rally to represent grieving fathers. So I did speak at the rally. And after the rally is really when people came up to me and asked me for my social media. Um, And that's when we started Valentina's Valentina's voice. And it just kind of happened where we were just looking for what does this space need? Where is there a need in this space? And I just kept thinking about 
my journey, and when I was told no heartbeat, when I said, hey, can I have an autopsy? They said, no, no autopsies. It's COVID. We're going to do autopsies. I said, okay, can I get a phone number to a, to a, to a, somebody who does autopsies? I didn't even know the name pathologist. Sure. And they said, no, you don't have anything. And Chris was like, no, you know, I don't want to do, I don't want to do that. I don't want to desecrate our body. And I was like, I, you know, the 3.7 pounds, I just can't. Every time we walked in here, it was okay. And all of a sudden now this happened, I just couldn't get past it. So, so we decided to, um, I decided to create this foundation. Um, Crystal is on the board. She's the president of the board. So I don't ask her to do too much because it's really hard, man. It's really hard mm-hmm. to put this together. And I have a full-time job. She's a full-time job. So we're doing this, we're bootstrapping this. I'm taking my own money, you know, and I'm doing this on my own right now. And um, that's that's what it is for now. You know, um, I'm giving myself enough enough window to actually launch this business. Uh, and that'll be in January. Right now, everything's coming along well. Um, and we want to be able to provide folks with a sanctuary right after those words, there's no heartbeat, and propel them from there. That's amazing, man. That's excellent. Uh, Lee, you want to go? Go ahead. So I, I got a question. I, I'm a big family person. oriented. I, I, I love family support, friend support. What support or who supported you the most outside of your, your uh, partner? During this time, um, family, close friends, so on and so forth. Mm, got you again, sorry, B. But uh, that supported you during this time. Um, you know, Crystal and I really leaned on each other a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, our parents were around, mm-hmm. and they tried, but what do you do when this happens? You know, like. Yeah. I remember one time my parents came over and they took Crystal and I out for lunch and mm-hmm. we went to this restaurant and right the table right next to us, this lady rose up with a, with a, uh, uh, a, a, a what do you call it? Stroller. Um, buggy. A stroller. Yeah. And she saw us unpacking the baby things and me and Crystal are there and we just like, we looked like we, we had PTSD. Yeah. We, the, the, the collar just left our left faces. Yeah. And I remember my, my dad looking at me and being like, maybe you shouldn't have that beer. And I'm like, it's not the, it's not the beer, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> it's not the beer, dad. It's not the beer. Thanks, dad. That's yeah. great. You know? <laughs> and, and it just, it just got to, it just reminded me like, nobody will ever really understand. Not my parents, not my oh, what a siblings. Point. Nobody yeah. will really understand except this group right here. I have more, mm-hmm. I have more in common with you three folks than mm-hmm. I do with people that I grew up with my whole life. And that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, where I really found solace was in talking to other stillbirth parents. Excellent. That's where I found community. That's where I found love. That's where I found strength. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, and you have to set boundaries too. I, I've had to cut a lot of people off as well. Yeah. Um, there, be, there, there comes a time in this journey where like, there's just no room for bullshit. Yeah. There you go. And, <laughs> and, and the minute you smell it, you just sever it right there, yep. you know? And um, that's it. You know, uh, I want to be around authentic people. And I think this is such a great platform that you guys have created here. And, and sad dads Thanks. also 
kudos to you guys for doing that hour you guys do it. I've, I've been to, I've been to one of them, and I mean they get a they get a really good group of people, man. Um, I mean they may maybe want to expand a little bit because I mean there's thirty guys on a screen here and everybody has something to say. <laughs> and so I, I really like what they got, what they did with the Thursday thing, having yeah. guys spotlighted because sometimes you just want to talk, you know, and you can't talk sometimes when there's 30 guys, you know, wanting to express themselves. So, um, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's, kudos it's, to you for having that. We appreciate you saying that. Honestly, it's, um, it, it's funny you say that. So when we, when we launched my child, my story, we're booked out through July of 2024. I believe oh, it already. Crap. I believe it. Um, so it's it's been met with a lot of. Um... It took me a minute to find the button again, <laughs> but I needed I needed to go there. But, but but like I say this because you know Chris, this is this is such an amazing form to hear your story, right? Like, yeah. And as you said, with thirty guys in a room, it's actually been even more as of late. Uh, mm -hmm. we've, we've been doing breakout rooms now to, to facilitate. And this isn't about lost at open hour, so yeah, I won't but... get into that. But but the point is, Chris, uh, I appreciate, we appreciate you saying that, but we also, we think it's critically important, right? Because we notice that everyone wants to talk about their child. And, you know, we I, I've always said since the launch of Sad Dads, well, I'm just crossed five years. So Isabel would have been five on July 21st of this year. Um, but the most growth I've had in my journey is is by far in the last 18 months or however long since that dad has launched. And it's because of individuals like you guys. It's, you know, meeting everyone, as you said, it's the friendships aren't BS. We have people meeting in person. We're having, uh, there's a bunch of guys coming to Maine for a retreat at some point in October. Like things are happening and these friendships are real. And to a point, Chris, like, you do have more in common. And the thing that comes up all the time yeah. is you don't have to explain yourself when you're in these rooms. You don't have to explain why you're feeling the way you are. People just get it. And there's something really powerful about that. It's a great point. And uh, yeah, well said, Chris. Chris Ortiz, a question for you on, I looked up a stat earlier today uh, and I just want to get a reaction actually to all of you because all three of you have gone through stillbirth. So let's put this as an open question. Um, from the Cleveland Clinic, the for stillbirths specifically, the cause is not always known. In fact, one in three stillbirths cannot be explained, which just blows my fucking mind. Like I actually 33%, thought that was higher. Thirty-three, yeah. yeah. I um, thought it was actually higher than that, to be honest. Yeah, and and in you know half the stuff yeah, are made up, right? Half. Um, <laughs> but regardless, whatever the stat is, it's a really fucking unbelievable amount for yep. especially pregnancies at such a f advanced gestation, mm -hmm. right? You know, 10 weeks, 15 weeks, 20, 25. I, I would be more um, accepting of the fact that those are harder to explain because if they're just maybe too many anomalies or things not evolved as much, but you know, 37 weeks for almost all of you essentially, like that blows mm -hmm. my goddamn mind. So I guess my question to all of you, and we'll start with you, Chris Ortiz, as our guest, you know, knowing that one in three in these circumstances cannot <laughs> explain, like what emotions does that trigger you the most as, as a lost father? Wow, what a loaded question and a great question. I'm glad you asked it. Um, thank you, Brad. So 
the problem with neonatal autopsies is that there's just not enough tissue, right? So mm -hmm. Valentina was 3.7 pounds. <clears throat> Let's call that a pound and a half of actual skin and bone and whatever organ she had developed, right? There's just not enough uh, tissue to to take from to to uh, <clears throat> to have a conclusive uh, result. And they told me that, you know, and they they tell you they told me that in the hospital. And um, and at that moment, that makes you almost not want to get an autopsy because you're like, oh, okay, this, it could be conclusive anyway, you know. And you think about the money and then the desecration and then sure. not still not having any answers. <clears throat> and so, um, so anyway, that's part of what the foundation that we're building is also going to address is sure. encouraging more uh, clinical students to take a path towards pathology and neonatal uh, sciences. That's great. Um, I, I get it. It's not glamorous, right? It's probably the shittiest job you could have as a doctor, right? This is the definitely the shittiest club that we will all ever be in in our lives. This is the shittiest fraternity. Well, none of us asked to be in this fraternity. <laughs> we're here, we're making the best of it. So um, as part of- So Valentine's what emotions voice, for you? Sorry, yeah, yeah. like what emotions yeah. does knowing no, it's, it's that all, one in awful. three of these, is that like, what are the most it's prevailing awful. ones though? So it's awful. It's awful and it's unacceptable. And um, what I want to do is, uh, you know, as part of Valentina's Voice, we want to develop uh, scholarships and also uh, encourage uh, those folks that are going into um, a career in the sciences to take up pathology in neonatal sciences. Mm. <clears throat> Brandon, Chris, tag you on, I'm, I'm going to say like, I have a lot of questions now, I guess. That just leaves me like uncertain. Yeah. Um, obviously we knew our daughter's story had downs, um, but I'm not sure if that led to anything, if that had to do with it. I didn't ask a lot of questions, obviously. Like I just went. So it's 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 a frightening thing to be. It's a frightening feeling. It's it's a it's a a nervous for anyone else type of thing. It's yeah. I think we talked about this office obviously in the um GNGQ and A of like the someone else's pregnancy, like not to say good luck, but like I'm I'm praying for you that you don't have to go through this crappy thing that I had to go through. Like it's a lot of questions, definitely a lot of uncertainty too. So fear is another one. Like it's definitely a, a fearful thing of knowing. Like is there something I left on the table? Did I leave some questions on the table? Mm -hmm. But my emotions were so high. And, and you don't even know what to going, ask. You don't know what to ask because you've never been through this before. So what yeah. questions do you ask when you're grieving at that moment? Yeah, hmm. Piyosaki, what about you? So I, I, I know that um, I left a lot of questions on the table. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really interesting, um, we still don't definitively know. Mm -hmm. I think technically, if you were to look at the stats, we're pretty sure. But no doctor would officially sign off on the on the actual call. So I, I have a feeling that officially we're in this this one of three who, mm -hmm. who don't have an official cause. I think it had to do with the, with the fluid. Um, but to to answer your question about the emotion for me, it's it's shock and surprise. Uh, and then fear as well, because you know, the shock and surprise Brad is kind of what you said. Like we were 37 weeks. Uh, my wife was a college tennis player. We both work out. She doesn't smoke. Like we had Chris, as you said, 
we had a textbook pregnancy. I'll doing use all quotes. the right. Everyone's thing. doing. Everyone's doing. Everyone's doing. It's, it's a cool so, thing, guys. It's yeah, cool yeah. Thing. Everyone's doing. So, it. but, um, so like you said, we had a textbook pregnancy. So, um, to go from that to death, um, is shocking to me, and I couldn't quite understand it. And then the other, the other emotion I had was fear, um, but not not as much for myself, but fear for um, my wife. And the reason for that was it, it obviously rocked her world. I don't mean in the obvious way that we all know, um, in the sense that it drove her to become, for lack of a better word, hell bent on finding the reason. Because mm. until she had a reason, she wanted to blame herself. Mm. There was no talking herself out of it. She would just say, if I had done this differently, if I had done this differently, if I had done if I had taken this vitamin, if I had done that, and it just wasn't true, and it was so hard to watch, and it was so hard to watch herself beat herself up, knowing that I couldn't help her, I could try, I was trying, but I couldn't, mm -hmm. couldn't bring her out of it. And I think in her heart, she knew it wasn't her, but not getting that reason, um, it, I was hoping we would definitively find one to give her that peace, and we never, yeah. we never really did. I I have not been in the the stillborn category, but you all know my story, and I think most of our listeners do. If not, go and listen to that episode. But with um, with Ariana, we lost her at fourteen weeks. Um, but at that point, you know, still very early on, you know, second trimester, but perfect air quotes, perfectly textbook pregnancy and no answer. But I, the reason I felt compelled to chime in here, uh, Piaseki, off of your point was. Three days before we lost this perfectly healthy pregnancy with this beautiful baby girl, Jessica got her COVID booster. And mm. for a hot moment, she was convinced that the COVID booster caused this. And we'll never know. And okay. we we debated going down the pathway of trying to find it, probably a little bit of what you were running into, Chris Ortiz, of like, no, it's not that. It's not that. Don't even do the autopsy. Don't even bother. Like, you know, and we've been through five years of grief and loss and multiple. And so we decided to not pursue a pathway of, of knowledge there. But I can I can empathize with what you guys have been through because we were down a similar pathway of, you know, my wife similarly struggling with could I have done something differently? Did it was it this booster shot that caused this, which there is no statistical evidence that proves anything that that you know, we Googled the shit out of that. Um, but I can understand the heaviness that comes with this, especially for you all at such a, a lengthy gestation that you are days away from a healthy child in your arms. And that is just pulled out from under you. My heart goes out to you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Can, can I ask Mr. Ortiz question? Uh, I see in your Instagram, you, I'm sorry, I'm going like kind of off, but you posted on your Instagram, every time you think your life is over, it's not. Keep living. That's on your Instagram, uh, let's see, Valentina's voice. Um, is that still up there? Yes. And I want to, I'm so curious. <laughs> we didn't do this months ago, bud. So yeah, it's yeah. still up there. <laughs> why, why, did you, why did you feel feel the need to post that? Yeah. And, okay. And, and where did that come from? Okay. Um, it's a fair question. It's funny because I went, I haven't. Oops, so the way you guys opened up with the Q&As and social media, uh -huh. I actually have not touched 
found Tina's voice in about six months. I went in maybe two weeks ago and I took down a bunch of posts because we're going to make it into a into a uh, an incorporation uh, a yeah. business. Now it's not going to be personal. Um, so you know, once I got to this community um, and I started talking to some folks, uh, I came across a few suicide attempts. <clears throat> um, people that I know that I, I care for very deeply. Mm-hmm. that had uh, tried to take their life um, after loss. And it happened in my household as well, uh, mm-hmm. to attempt two attempts to try to uh, end, end one's life <clears throat> as collateral damage from, from Valentina being born mm-hmm. still. So, um, you know, that was kind of cryptic. Uh, mm-hmm. And once, once I was told, uh, once, once I was aware that it happened in my household, twice um right under my nose i didn't even know i didn't even know uh i decided to speak out about it Mm -hmm. with other other parents and um a lot of moms that i've spoken to have said like i thought it i tried it like Mm. so i posted that uh but 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 take suicide is is a huge um or or attempting you know suicide and mental health is a huge collateral damage uh in this space here um for both fathers and mothers um so that's what I, that's why I posted that. Man, thank you thank for you your for honesty and vulnerability yes. there. That is, um, you didn't have to do that. And um, if it brings you any comfort, that is not the first time that that has been brought up on this podcast. Um, Absolutely. And so I, man, that would be a heavy G&G Q&A, but wow, it might need, need to be one because um, the, the more we're spending time in this community, the more we're finding the very real nature of of you know what that potential might be for many people mm-hmm. um, and hopefully we can help be a supportive ear to help people continue to navigate past that um so man thank you so much for that mm-hmm. thank you chris chris yeah, we are we are running near near time our friend and you you've been such a an unbelievable and gracious guest and uh, we, we highly encourage everyone to check out valentina's voice um, but as we we always like to wrap our episodes here, we want to give you uh, the opportunity to speak Valentina's name and, and give us a couple final words. Okay. Um, well, thank you guys for having me. <clears throat> and uh, Sad Dads Club, thank you also for existing. Um, you guys do more work than, you know, in fact, on Sad Dads Club, I saw a lot of guys from Canada on that call too, which is, uh, I mean, it's really international. And it's, it's really a beautiful thing. Um, Listen, I love my daughter, Valentino, very much. And what they don't tell you when you grow up is the love of your life might be your child. And I completely Uh, believe that shit right there. The love of my life was my daughter. Is. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for a long time, I didn't know if I was a parent or not. You know, like, am I a parent? Am I not a parent? Um, And... uh, I finally yes, came to through through resources like this and through people like yourself. I finally understood that I am a parent. I am a parent. <clears throat> um, so she was the love of my life, and uh, we're going to launch this foundation in her name, and that'll be her legacy, and that'll be my healing. That's it. So Excellent. beautifully well, said, Chris. Sorry. 
Yeah, I oh, I very rarely I get chills oftentimes in this episode, but very rarely end with them. And man, you just hit right at the heart, my man. So, uh, God bless Valentina and you and your family. Thank you for your willingness to be vulnerable with us. Um, I can see the heaviness on your heart, man, and, and we're right there with you. And thank you for allowing us to honor Valentina um, as a, a small part of uh, guys in grief. And so. We will continue to support you beyond this. Uh, we'll share more about the great work that you're doing on our social media channels because there's good things to come from social media as we heard at the beginning here, mm -hmm. right? So we're going to continue. That's going to be our mission, fellas. Like, mm -hmm. let's pour the positivity into this world of social media so more people in you know the world ex life-changing experiences that we're going through can find some positive light in, uh, in the words of all of us collectively. Chris Piasecki, thank you so much for being an incredible guest host with us here today. And thank all the so love much. to our fellows over at Sad Dads. Check them out as well on all their incredible social media and, uh, and online resources. Listeners, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Love you guys. Thank you. If you valued from this content, we ask you to share this podcast with others that can equally benefit Leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you're listening to help us improve our outreach and to follow Guys in Grief on Instagram and Facebook. Also, if you'd like to join us and share your story, email us at guysandgrief at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.